Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. How y'all doing today? What's up? Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. If God's putting back together some pieces in your life, I'm so thankful that we get to be in this place together and God's presence is here and he puts back together the pieces of our life. Come on, his way is so much better. So much better. If you're online, can we give our online campus a what's up? We love you. Thanks for hanging out online with us. I just, I'm just so thankful for God's way. I know uh, that that was just very impactful for me in worship today. Just God finding where we are and putting us back together. Will you guys flip that around where the steps are my way? The one, because if I walk up the backside, I'm in trouble. Y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all don't, you don't walk up the backside. Thank you so much. Come on, give these guys a hand. Love y'all. Appreciate you so much. I think they're going to come out and help me in a little bit. We um, are in a series called Playlist. Before I jump into that, uh, we do have some awesome stuff happening this month. We have moved Encounter up uh, one Sunday because of Memorial. And so uh, it will be this next Sunday night, Encounter. And then today, right after first service, we do something called Plugged In. If you're new to our community, uh, on the first and third Sunday of the month, we do something called Plugged In, where you can just find out more about our church, find out more about your leadership. Today is Plugged In, where you find your purpose. I'm going to be preaching on purpose a little bit, so it might be a great next step for you. Uh, it's immediately following this service in our cafe. You can find out all about it at Connection. Our, our series called Playlist is just taking songs from the last couple of decades and uh, just the titles of them and kind of preaching a thought or a theme uh, off of those titles. And so uh, today, the song that I picked uh, is Drake. Come on, God's plan, somebody. <laughs> God's plan. And uh, Drake says, I can't do it on my own. And I just, I think that uh, one of the biggest questions I get as a pastor all the time, uh, and one of the biggest questions I have as a pastor is, God, what's your plan for my life? You know, what's your purpose in this season? What do you, what, how do I know God's purpose? And, and I think it's important uh, for us to really understand how to find purpose and what that looks like. And so, I'm going to give you a couple verses and uh, really hopefully help you find uh, the purpose of God in your life. It's not uh, one specific thing. I think there's some thoughts and concepts that can help us lead to uh, God's purposes in our life. Psalm 37, 23, it's a great verse. It says this, the steps of a good man or the steps of a righteous man or woman, uh, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. Everybody say ordered. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord and he, God, delights in his way. And he, God, delights in his way. My title for today is this, take the steps. Take the steps. Tell three people, take the steps. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, thank you so much for the steps. Thank you that um, you have laid out a path for us, that you have ordered our steps. Lord, that you've established and you've planned out and you've ordered our steps. Like we can sing the song that, that we found ourselves. You found us because you've ordered our steps. That when we had lost our way, you brought us back to the path, God. Your love, Lord, pursued us down. Thank you for the Bible, the scandalous book of love, pursuing us at all costs, giving us your son, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Show us the love of the Father today. Show us his heart towards us so we can know him clearly. Holy Spirit, communicate through me and show us who Jesus is so we can become more like him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. <clears throat> Take the steps. We all know uh, how important steps are. Come on, anybody got a Fitbit? An Apple Watch. <laughs> tracks your heart rate, tracks your sleep, tracks your snoring, tracks your eye movement, you know what I mean? Tells the government where you are at all times, I know. (laughs) 
So somebody, I don't know, you probably saw the, saw the meme. Somebody was acting crazy about, you know, the vaccine. They're like, the vaccine's going to track you. And then it shows like the, the Apple, uh, the iPhone in somebody's back pocket winking already. Like, I got you. You know, the, the phone knows where you are at all times. Uh, you know, but we know about steps. We know that it's important for our health to get steps in. So much so you can be at many workplaces. It, it confuses me sometimes that I used to work in an area where some nurses worked and I'd see nurses just randomly walk in the parking lot. So I'm like, why are they? What? Oh. Oh, they're getting steps in. It just, it kind of, come on. Any, you know what scares me? Mall walkers. They scare me. I'm just saying, like, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, when I see them, I'm like, how did they decide that this is the place for that? You know what I mean? And I'm like, and then there's different, I'm like, are they lost? Are they looking for home? You know what I mean? I'm like, and then I'm convicted. Should I walk faster? Should I shop? What, how did this sport start? You know, there's neighborhoods, there's parks, there are, there are pathways. How did it happen in the mall? You know what I mean? And so, so we know, though, that getting steps in equates to health, equates to, to healthy uh, physical activity. We track it. We have Fitbits. We have technology. We have all these things to track our steps. It's the same way spiritually. Why do we think that in, in our spiritual life that we cannot get the steps in or we cannot take the steps and we can get to where God wants us? Or we can have health in our life. I think it's, I think it's in, impossible to have the type of health that God wants you to have in your life if you aren't willing to take the steps. The average American walks 3,000 to 4,000 steps per day, roughly. It's about 1.5 to 2 miles per day. When God says, I ordered your steps, listen to me. He did not say, I suggested your steps. He said, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by me. It means to be planned out, to be, to, to be firmly established, to be steady and firm, that God doesn't, doesn't suggest us take steps. He actually says, I've ordered your steps. And so I'm gonna give you a couple thoughts about finding your purpose when it comes to taking these steps. And, the, and, and these kids, I think, kind of set you free and, and kind of figuring out exactly what it is you're supposed to do. The first thought is this. You don't find your purpose, you discover it. You discover it. What does that mean? What, what do you mean? I think sometimes when we go about trying to find our purpose, I, I meet people all the time, I gotta find my purpose. What does God want from me? What does God want? I gotta find it, find it, find it, find it, find it. When, when you try to find your purpose, the temptation is to self-promote. If you're always looking for your purpose, then you're tempted to always self-promote. I gotta find the right people. I gotta find the right connections. I gotta find the right clubs. I gotta find the right, the right people in the room. Come on, you ever met somebody talking to you in the room, but then actually looking for all the right people to talk to over your shoulder? Come on, I've been, you know what I'm talking about? And you're like, are you, are you, and they're trying to find, find purpose. They're trying to find the right person. They're trying to find the right promotion, find the right spouse. So I could, I meet people all the time. Like, well, I thought if I married this person, then I would be here. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Don't look at it. Don't look at anybody sitting next to you. <laughs> and, and I think we're often trying to define, find it and it's not found, it's discovered. What do I mean? Your, your purpose is not found on the outside of you. It's found on the inside of you. The Bible says that you are God's masterpiece. Then in Ephesians, that you're woven together. Literally, purpose has been woven into you. That destiny has been woven into you. That you're designed. Everything you have is everything you need. Everything that you have in, in your life, don't look on the outside. We begin to look on the inside because we're the masterpiece of God. Michelangelo said it this way. Can I quote, quote Michelangelo? He said, every block of stone has a statue inside of it, and it's the task of the sculpture to discover it. I mean, think about your life that way. He said it this way. He said, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set it free. 
I mean, think about that when it comes to the, the stone of your life, the, the lump of your life, like God is, is carving and working and he's working on our path to continue to set our purpose free and to help us to discover our destiny. Here's one last quote he said. He said, sculpture is made by taking away while painting is made by adding. So I just wrote this. I think purpose is diligently discovering what God needs to remove from and add to my life. If I'm going to be a masterpiece of God, if he's, if he's already woven me together, then my job is just diligently discover through life and through walking with him what needs to be removed by him, sculpted away so that I can become who he wants me to be or added to so I can be the artwork that he wants me to be. We discover it by living life walking with Jesus. It's not something on the, in, on the outside. Quit trying to find your purpose on the outside, running to this and that. Figure out who you are and you'll discover your purpose. Second thought, very, very simple thought. The journey is the destination. The journey is the destination. Here, here's a quote, and uh, I'm throwing out some quotes at you today from other people. I, I'm, I'm gonna give you some Bible, I promise. It says this, roads were made for journeys, not destinations. That, I read that, I was like, wow, that's true. Like, like so often we have such a destination-driven culture. And, and re, the reality is when it comes to your purpose and your destiny, it's actually, it's actually the journey. Come on, remember the song, Life is a Highway. Come on, anybody? Little Tom Cochran. And I want to ride it. If you're going my way, I want to drive it all night long. Mike's shaking his head like, don't be our worship leader. Listen, that song is cool and it starts out like that, but it usually ends up, when are we gonna be there? 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 Life is a highway. When are we gonna be there, right? And we have this destination-driven mindset, destination-driven culture. It's in me, it's in you. I was studying destination weddings. Come on, I'm doing a wedding this summer. It's a destination wedding. Anybody had a destination wedding? Yeah, you know the, you, the dynamic, come on, you know, the, I mean, the average destination wedding is $35,000, somebody, come on. Jesus, life's over. The, the, the complication, there were, I was studying destination weddings, the, the, the tips and the complications and the suggestions and who pays for what and how, and, and then there's one suggestion, you ask all the guests that are coming from around the country not to give gifts because of the cost it takes to get to the destination. And I just, I just think, I was, I was studying destination weddings. I think this, when we live destination-driven lives, it complicates things. I'm not, bless your wedding. I'm not talking about your wedding. <laughs> just in life, like, it complicates things. It, it, it's more expensive sometimes. And, and a lot of times, God spoke this to me, a lot of times we miss out on the gifts that he intended to put into our lives along the journey, along the road when we're trying to get there or become that in that moment. I wrote it this way. It might be on the screen for you. If your investment into destination living is greater than your investment into daily living, you will go broke trying to get somewhere that doesn't exist. That's why there's large homes with no love in it. That's why there's valedictorians that hated their school experience. That's where there's trophy spouses that don't walk or talk together. That's why there's these destinations and these achievements and accolades without celebration or satisfaction because it's the next destination and the next destination and the next destination and the next destination. And really the purpose and the, and the plan of God for your life is the journey. I mean, have you ever been to an airport? Look, you don't have destination boards in an airport. You have arrival and departure boards. 
I, I, I mean, I know there's destination, but the board is an arrival and departure board. And, and I think sometimes we're wanting the destination, but really, I wrote it this way, there's connector flights in between. God's purpose is a constant connection between arrivals and departures of people, problems, pain, promotions, and different things in our life, arriving and departing, that makes up our purpose, that makes up who we're called to be. And we want this smooth, easy, problem-free life. Do, do you know for me that it's mostly the pain and the problems that have brought me into the purposes of God for my life. It's most of the pain and the, and, the, and, the, and the letdowns and the problems that have brought me into what God wanted me or when God did something great in my life. And often we just want it to be easy and smooth. And I don't, you know, listen to me, please. Come on, the ladies know this. Things are birthed out of pain. You know, every mom in here says amen, right? I mean, things, like the things that God births in our life are out of pain and we want it easy. Have you ever tried to climb a smooth face of something? Like if you're trying to climb up something that's just a smooth rock or a smooth face, you can't climb it. You begin to slide off of it. The, the things that you can climb are, are rocky and jagged and have crags and have edges and can cut you and, and, you, and, you, clang, and you can cling to it and grab a hold of it. That's the jagged, painful problems and scenarios of life that allow you to actually climb to the next place in the purpose and destiny that God has for you. And so I think that we don't need to try to just have a smooth, easy way. I think at an airport, think about it. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you get to a problem in your life in general and like you want to quit or you think, well, I missed my purpose. I missed my destiny. I blew it. I missed my moment. And really, listen to me. It's the journey that's your moment. I mean, you ever been in an airport and missed your flight? What do you do? Well, I just missed it. Just missed my moment. I miss my timing. Well, I'll just camp out at the gate. I'll just get a tent and we're at the gate. I'm going to mall walk the rest of my life. You know, get that Oprah flow going up and down the Concord. You know, I know. I mean, you know, it, it's like, no, 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 you don't do that. You don't decide that I'm just going to sit down. And I'm, just, I'm done. I missed it. No, you get, you get this urgency about your life. You're like, I can't, I missed a flight. What do I need to do? I got to figure out where the, where the next departure is, where the next arrival is. I got to get to the right gate. I got to figure, don't, what I'm trying to say is don't camp at the gate if you've missed a moment. Don't, don't just decide when it comes to your purpose, like, man, I made a mistake or I, I missed it or if I had had that chance or that opportunity in, in my past, I'm just gonna camp at the gate. We're gonna eat chicken marsala and Salisbury steak the rest of our life. Bring me some from the plane. You know what I mean? Why is it those two dishes that they serve on the plane, that's it? You don't do that. You decide, I'm gonna fly again. And I think God told me to, to say to somebody, you need to figure out where the next departure is or where the next arrival is and fly again. Like, don't camp out at the gate. Like, get rid of your tent, pack up the tent, and say, you know what, God, I'm going to get urgent. You actually, when you miss a flight, you get frustrated. You get a little bit mad. You get a little bit edgy. You're like, I'm going to make sure that I catch the next flight that I, that I need to get to where I'm going. And, and it, when it comes to destiny and purpose, just quit camping out in disappointment. Quit, stop camping out in a missed moment. Stop camping out in yesterday. Stop putting your tent up in fear or, or a letdown. Or, yeah, they, they, they left. Listen to me. They, they might have come into your life and left your life for a certain specific season and time. And that's why it's an arrival and departure. God brings things into your life and out of your life. And that creates the purposes and the plans of your life. I would encourage somebody to get up, keep dreaming, keep flying. God's people should always be flying, dreaming, believing, Looking for the next plane? Come on, the journey, the road is the destination. Am I helping you today? Then don't just, I'm just, 
I think so easy, we give up, we, it gets tough, it gets hard, and we're like, I can't, I'm just done with that, or I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna preach to myself today as well. Like, get up, go, let's believe God, let's fly again, let's believe for our kids, let's believe for our marriages, let's believe for our business, let's believe for our church, let's believe for our nation. Come on, God's not done. God is not done with you. God is not done with this nation. God is not done with this nation. God is not done with this church. God is not done with your marriage. God is not done with your kids. God is still working. And I think sometimes we believe that like, I missed it. He's done. My purpose is done. Maybe it was a giant mistake you made. God's not done with you. If you're still breathing, you still got purpose. I say, if you're not dead, he's not done. And God is doing some things and I need to be bold and, and ask God for boldness and peace to get up. Sometimes it takes boldness to pack up the tent. Come on. And, and I think we need some boldness. You need peace. The Bible says you can have peace that passes understanding. You can have all the peace that passes understanding. You know, you know the prerequisite for that? Like you want peace right now that, pa- that passes understanding? You know the prerequisite right now. You ready for it? Do you want it? Who wants peace right now that passes understanding? Here's what you have to do. Give up your right to understand. Yes. I don't like doing that. I want to figure it all out. Like, like God, why? I think so often we don't have the peace because we're trying to, we have the right to understand it all. His way is better. Come on, you can have peace. Here's, here's some steps I'm going to give you today and some thoughts about your destiny and your purpose. I got this ladder here. I really believe that the steps of a, of a man and woman are ordered by God. I think I'm going to have a couple of volunteers that help me out. Uh, there's, I think, three people. One to hold the ladder, uh, two to hold the ladder, and, and one to walk it up. Thanks, guys. Uh, listen, John 151, it says this. This is a reference. If y'all just hang out with me for a minute. This is a reference to Genesis when Jacob saw a ladder in the Old Testament and Jacob put his head down in the house of God and saw a ladder and Jacob said, behold, uh, I saw angels ascending and descending on the ladder. Jesus quotes this or refers to this in John 1:51. He says, and he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. So Jesus puts himself in as that ladder. All through the scriptures, God has given us a ladder. He's given Moses a stick, Elijah a mantle, uh, uh, David a rock and a rag. There's ladders that God gave his people to get them out of circumstances all through the scriptures. The ladder that he's given to us in this day and age is the name of Jesus. That Jesus is the ladder, that he has a name above every name, that we call on his name, and his name actually brings us out of circumstances and out of things to another level of prophetic living, from pathetic to prophetic. Come on, somebody. And that's what the name of Jesus does. And so there's this ladder that is the name of Jesus. And so you're going to climb. Are you, are you climbing the ladder today? Here, here's, here's, what, here's different different steps on the ladder. She's on the first step. No, don't go all the way up. You hold on. She's trying to climb. This is what we do. Thank you. We, 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 just, start, we just start going like as fast as we can, like skipping steps, right? First step is faith. The first step you need in your walk with God, this, Jesus is the ladder. This is your Christian walk to find your purpose. The first step is faith, that you and I need faith, that we get saved by faith. It all starts by faith. 
And the reason some of you are having struggle getting to the next steps on the ladder is because the enemy's attacking your faith so hard. You go to school, kids go to college, society is attacking the Bible, and we, we put all of our trust. Listen, I believe every word in the Bible, but we put all of our faith in the Bible, and the reality is everybody's trying to destroy the Bible, and professors say, oh, is the Bible really real? Was the world made in six days? Was it made in a thousand years? Was it eight million years old? Oh, there's this in the Bible. People were stoned in the Bible. God was mean in the Old Testament. There was slavery in the Bible. Oh, there was women in ministry in the Bible. There were people stoned in the Bible. Oh, you, what part of the Bible do you believe? And then you're like, ah. And the enemy's trying to destroy your faith. Can I tell you the people that wrote the Bible didn't have the Bible? They had their faith rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Their faith rooted in a man that was God, is God, will always be God, rose from the dead on the third day, and they believe that that's what it is. And that's what our, listen, I get it. There's all types of questions, but my faith is rooted in Jesus. He is the Bible. He is the resurrection, and I need faith. Quit arguing with people about is God real, is God not real. You don't save people through knowledge. People get saved by faith. Preach the gospel, believe the word, but be rooted in the resurrection. Are y'all with me in that? The next step you go is, is forgiveness. Uh-oh, we go from faith and then, and then there's forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. I need forgiveness, you need forgiveness. And we get, to, we get to ask God for forgiveness and he pours it into our life. It's nothing you achieve. Forgiveness is received, not achieved. And so Jesus settled your sins, past, present, and, and future. So many of you are so focused on your sins every day, day in and day out, your mistakes, your failures, your sins. Listen to me. Jesus handled all those already. You're, you're as perfect as you'll ever be in God's eyes. How many of your sins were future at the cross? So when he did what he did out of love for who he is and who you are, Everything was future. Why do we get saved and then think we've got to pay for everything we, mis we mistake after we've gotten saved when all of the mistakes were past anyway? He's already handled it past, present, and future. Now that frees you and I to actually live God conscious and not sin conscious. I think it's important that we can walk in forgiveness. Hebrews 9.14 says this, how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our conscience from dead works? Listen to me, so that we may serve the living God. Like I meet people all the time, I say, hey, what do you want to serve here? Well, I got to clean, I got to get my life. To, would, you, would you like to do this for God? And can you preach? Hey, do you want to pray for these people? I don't know. I just, if you're asked to serve God and you have a question about it, then you haven't had your conscience cleansed from dead works. Well, I, not just, well, that's not my personality. That's not, that's not how I, no, 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 no. There's a purpose for you in God and he cleanses your conscience from dead works thinking that you can earn anything. That's what he means, that you can earn anything with God. It's cleansed and washed away so that you can actually serve God by his strength and not your own. So we, we need, for, that, that allows us, faith allows us to step into forgiveness. I'm so thankful for forgiveness, stuff that I need, the shame and, and things on my life. Come on. How many of you have ever dealt with shame and things in your life and guilt that you needed free of? Let me, let me tell you how to, how to get free right now of it. Just repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me. It's gone. It's gone. It's that simple. God, I'm sorry. Forgiveness, we need it. You gotta forgive the people that, 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 that you don't like. Uh-oh. You gotta give forgiveness. He's, he's giving you forgiveness. The next step after forgiveness is fellowship. 
We take a step into fellowship. These are the steps to your destiny, to purpose, fellowship. Now that you've been forgiven and you can freely forgive, we can actually walk in fellowship because there's gonna be times we hurt each other and we hate each other and we don't like each other and we love each other. We gotta extend and receive and extend and receive fellowship. We gotta extend and receive forgiveness, but you can't get to here if you don't forgive or you aren't forgiven because you can't truly love and have fellowship with people. So you're always trying to figure out who's gonna hurt you and how's it gonna happen, and you protect. You can't, if you just live in forgiveness because Jesus forgave you, now you're in fellowship. And fellowship is so important because it leads to the next one. The next one is freedom. And, and you, you, you can't, listen, you see what she just did there? Go step, take a step down again and go back up again like you did. See, see her holding on to the ladder? Every step, every transition, you better be holding on to Jesus. Every step of the way, you better hold on to God. You better grab a hold of him with all you've got because these steps can be shaky and it's not easy and she's grabbing hold of God and she's on this step now of freedom. Here, here's what's so important about freedom. You never get to freedom if you don't have fellowship because, because you don't have people in your life to tell you the truth. When we don't like the truth. You, you, you want that sales attendant friend, right? Is this so good on me? Oh girl, that looks so good on you. No, it doesn't. It's too tight. You need another size. Some of y'all need a friend at the gym. Do not wear that. We, we need a real friend. We need somebody to tell us the truth. You have to have fellowship and people that love you with the truth because you can, you can, because grace allows you to belong, but truth sets you free. You need, you need to hear that. Grace allows you to belong, but truth will set you free. John 10, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I need truth. I need my wife to look at me and go, you're being mean. I'm sorry. Give me 30 minutes. <laughs> I need somebody that can love me with truth and of a friend. Fellowship, now I've got, now I go from that into freedom. You, you, you need freedom, I need freedom, and that comes through truth. I, I, I said it this way, you can belong but still be bound. And so I need somebody that'll tell me and fellowship my life, and now I begin to walk in freedom. Forgiveness, faith, forgiveness, fellowship, freedom. Okay, you ready? From freedom now to faithfulness. Faithfulness. Freedom leads to Faithfulness. Some of you are wondering, why I can't be faithful? Why can I not continue to be faithful? I need, I, I, because you're not free. I mean, I want to be faithful to my marriage, but you're not free from lust. I, I want to be faithful in my tithes and my offerings and, and my finances with God, but you're not, you're not free from fear and the worry of lack and holding on to your wallet tighter than God. You're not free. And so you can't get faithful if you don't get free. And so we need to be free. And then we walk into faithfulness. And faithful means we begin to continue to serve. Even when nothing's fruitful, we're being faithful. Come on, think about David, 15 years old, anointed king. I, I, wanna, I got a few minutes left with you. He's anointed king. Talking about your purpose. David is anointed king at 15. Doesn't take the kingship until 15 years later when he's 30. 15 years of just being faithful. When he, when he gets anointed king, he goes out in the field, they put oil on him. What does he do? After that, he goes right back to the field with oil all over him. Because he's been anointed, but he hasn't been appointed yet. Some of you are anointed, but you're waiting. God's waiting to appoint you to a specific place. And you're getting impatient. And you're getting frustrated. But God's saying, you're not appointed yet. You're anointed and I put my oil on you and you got the Holy Spirit. But you're, you're in an, waiting to be appointed because I'm working some things in your character. I'm working some things in your love. I'm working some things into your heart. I'm working some things into your motives. 
David was 15. Remember what happened? He didn't just go fight Goliath. His dad said, hey, I want you to take a, a, a pizza to your brother's. It was bread and cheese. I want you to deliver bread and cheese to your brothers. So David, I mean, he takes this bread and cheese to his brothers one morning. How many of you know, you'll do, you tell God, God, I'll do anything for you. Okay, well, I want you to clean your sister's room. What? I mean, it's terrible to serve your siblings, right? Somebody, David, God, God says, I want you to go, has his dad say, I want you to go serve your brothers at the battle with this bread and cheese. David shows up faithfully, delivers the bread and cheese. His brothers begin to question his motives. Look at you, you're here just to see the battle. What's wrong with you, David? Start questioning. He doesn't argue, doesn't fight with them, doesn't do any of that. He just looks around him and says, I see a giant. And then David says, is there not a cause? And he kills the giant. Listen, please hear me. He didn't go there to kill a giant. He went there being faithful with the little detail. He went there being faithful with the bread and cheese. And if he had have never been willing to do the little thing, he would have missed the great thing. And the giant actually was defeated and that's what launched him into his kingship and made him king over time. Many of you aren't willing to do the little thing, therefore you'll never be king or queen. We'll serve in the kids ministry. Well, I don't have time. Well, get on the serve team. I'm just so busy. What's the next step in God? Go to plugged in. Oh, I just, I can't. Just stay faithful in the job that you're at. I don't like the boss. And, and here's what's happening. You want to skip faithfulness, but listen to me. It's, faithfulness leads to the next one. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. You want to take the next step? There's, <laughs> faithfulness, that's, there's about 15 steps. You're going to be hanging from the rafters in a minute in the name of Jesus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. You cannot be, you can't skip to fruitful. You don't go from faith to fruitful. You don't go from faith to fruitful. Faithfulness. I mean, do you, farming, you don't, you don't just have fruit. You plow, you water, you plant, you dig, you sweat, you harvest, you work, you wait, you pray, you cry. You're faithful as a farmer. And then all of a sudden, fruit begins to happen. You never, you can't force fruit. Fruit comes from faithfulness. So whatever it is in your life, in your marriage, with your parenting, in your job right now, what's my purpose, God? Be faithful. Be faithful with the littlest of things and watch the greatest of things come about in your life. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Some of you are frustrated and you think, man, I should be there by now. I, I should have fruit. Listen, it's important. Faithfulness, stay the path and it leads to fruitfulness. And then the last one, fruitfulness. This is, you don't have to stay up there too long. I'll preach it quick. Fruitfulness, lead, you can hold on. Fruitfulness, there you go. Just take one step right there. I could preach a whole other message on. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. If, if I'm smart enough to put two dudes down here to make sure she didn't fall, you don't think God's smart enough to put goodness and mercy around you all the days of your life in case she falls or in case she wobbles or in case you stumble in a decision? God's got goodness and mercy and friendship and people around you all the days of your life. And, and, and I think sometimes we're worried that we're going to fall. And then the next one, fruitfulness leads to favor. Favor. Well, don't I just get favor? No. 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 Let, let me prove it to you scripturally. Some of y'all are like, this is not, this ain't the Bible. Matthew 25, 24 through 30. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you had been a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered. 
And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here's what is yours. But his Lord answered and said, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I do not sow, and I gather where I do not scatter. So you ought to have deposited my money by the bankers and got an interest and brought back to me with my, my money with some interest. 28, so take your talent from him. Take the talent from him and give it to the man or the woman who has 10 talents. We have a culture that wants to wants to punish the fruitful people and reward non-fruitful people. And we call that favor. That's not biblical favor. Biblical favor says, I actually give favor to the fruitful. I actually take Jesus. This is, come on, everybody say, Jesus. This is, y'all are mad at me right now. This is a story about Jesus. Jesus says, I want you to take the talent from the one that produced nothing and give it to the one that produced everything. I want to give favor to the people that are fruitful. You cannot expect favor if you're not fruitful in any area. I can't. You can't. The Bible doesn't promise favor if you're not fruitful. And look at this. Look at her position. Do you know that anywhere in this room, any of us could look throughout this place. You could walk in that door and immediately see her up in that place, that place of favor, that there's this exaltation by God. There's this purpose of God to put her at this place of favor in her life. Why? Not so she can go, I climbed the ladder. Not so she can say, oh, I got favor. Look at me. I got favor. What's up? I got favor. Not, not, not for that. No, 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 no. No, that's why humility has to be accompanied with favor. And the point of this is so now she can look out and see needs and see people and see hurts and see wounds and see those that need blessed and those that need help. God will take you from this faith to this favor so that you can serve and help and bless humanity. And, and I think that this is the Christian walk. Come on, you can come on down. Thank you for your faithfulness. <laughs> and your favor, and your fellowship. And I just wanna close with this. I, I just wanna encourage you, don't skip steps. You, you can't, the steps are ordered. And many of you think that you can skip steps and get to the favor of God. Well, I really don't need to be faithful with the tithe. Yeah, you do. Well, I really don't need to forgive. Yeah, yeah, you do. I really don't need to, to, to walk strong and, and serving and being faithful with, with my job I'm in and being faithful with the, I really, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't skip steps. If I'm on this and I begin to try to skip steps, do you know how dangerous it is to try to actually skip steps? The devil will begin to try to trick you. You can just skip that step. You don't need that. You will fall and break your spiritual neck when you skip steps. I've done it. And there's something to learn on every step. Come on, I learned something in faith. I learned something in forgiveness. I learned something in fellowship. I learned something. And this is a continual cycle, your entire Christian walk with God. It's not like one day and you just progress the ladder and you stop. No, this is over and over. Get back and walk in faith and get back and walk in forgiveness and walk in fellowship and begin to be faithful and watch fruit grow. Watch favor come into my life. Y'all following me? The devil will tell you, just skip it. Just skip steps. We, we know this. That it doesn't take any special gym membership or any special equipment to take steps. Doesn't take any fancy amount of money or anything. It just takes, just takes faithfulness, obedience, taking steps. And the devil knows how steps will make you healthy in the kingdom. So he wants to convince you that you can skip or that you can climb up the backside. I mean, we all know if you fall, climb up this backside, you fall, break your neck. It's a little, little stick man warning. You'll break your neck. 
There's things to learn on each step. And as a young person, I'm done. As a young person, when I was younger, 46 now, I skip steps. Run, strong, jump, skip, fall, get up. Ah. Now, at 46, I'm like, oh God, my hip. Slow down, take care of your health, be smart, be wise. And that's what I just, I'm gonna pray for you, two things. Number one, what's your next step? What's your next step? Maybe it's plugged in right now, figuring out how God designed you. Maybe it's a team to get on. Maybe it's staying in the job another month. Maybe it's writing the letter. Maybe it's forgiving. Maybe it's asking forgiveness. Maybe it's, maybe it's putting your hands up in worship. Maybe it's stopping. Maybe it's starting. I just encourage you, arrive and depart. Don't look for a destination. Keep going in your purpose. It's in you. I promise you, God is working to chisel out a masterpiece. There's an angel. There's a purpose. There's a destiny. And God is working to get you to who you're called to be. The second thing I want to pray for is some of you, your first step of faith is today. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus as God, as Lord, like the Lord. Like he gets to lead your life, not you. And maybe you just need to take that first step today of, of faith. Oh God, I believe I need Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Father, thank you so much. I pray that right now, under the sound of my voice, anybody in this room that needs to take the next step, they know what it is. Lord, purpose is not something we find. It's something we discover through taking steps. And Lord, your word says you've ordered our steps. You've made them solid. You've planned them. You've made them firm. You've established them. Help us to be willing to take the steps. Lord, I pray someone would take another step in their marriage today. Maybe it's the step of counseling. Maybe someone would take the step of getting, getting help for that addiction today. Making the phone call for that depression today. Maybe it's someone would write a letter or a phone call for that forgiveness and say, you know what, I repent, I'm sorry. I, I said that, I did that, I shouldn't have done that. Maybe someone could hang in for another month. Maybe the next step is just another month on the job, God, to see what the big thing would be. Maybe it's faithful in a small thing this month so a big thing would come their way, God. Lord, I pray for the steps to be carried out. The devil will not trick us or distract us from taking steps today, Father. I pray every person in this room would know what the next step is, not that we make up or not that, we, that I give them, but that you, Holy Spirit, speak today what just the next step is for them. No one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here, you say, you know what, Jamie? I, my step is faith. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need, a, I need a fresh start with God. I'm not gonna embarrass you or bring you forward or stand you up. But if that's you, you say, I need Jesus. I need, I need faith. I'm ready to give my life to him. Would you just boldly put your hand up to me right now? I need faith right now. I need to walk with God today. I'm ready to have a fresh start with Jesus. I, I need to surrender to him. Anybody at all, just, just put your hand up high to me in here. Let me pray for you. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you for your boldness and your courage. Come on, all of heaven is saying yes to that step of faith right now. If you're online right now and you're watching and you need a step of faith and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, he paid it all. All you need to do is type in, I give my life to Jesus. Type it in on the chat right there and let us pray for you. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for taking the steps of obedience that you took so that our steps are even possible. We step out today and say, we need you as Lord and Savior, God. We put our faith in you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead. You took our sin, our shame, our guilt. You nailed it to a tree and you came back to life. Be my Lord and be my Savior the rest of my days. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. He is awesome. 
thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.